Hello, and welcome to the Chris Terrell Podcast. My name is Chris Terrell. And if you're new here, I've lost 125 pounds myself. It took me two and a half years to do it. This came after an entire adulthood of yo-yo dieting, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down again, before I finally got sick and tired of doing this and I decided to make some meaningful, lasting, permanent changes to my life to prevent weight regain from happening. However, along this journey, I needed to lose weight, 125 pounds, right? And I learned a lot over that. I'm also a weight loss coach, and so I have learned how to help other people do it too. So join me this week as I wanna share with you 10 tactical tips that I used and I've seen other people use on their weight loss journeys. And maybe one or two of these, maybe even all 10 of them, will help you on your weight loss journey. And I would love to help you get the body and life of your dreams. And you can join me every Friday where we have a new episode of the Chris Terrell Podcast. You can find it on all your podcasting apps. Now, for those of you that have not done so, I would love to ask to maybe consider giving the podcast a rating and a review. And to those of you that have, thank you. Thank you so much. On Apple Podcasts, I have surpassed 300 five-star reviews and I could not possibly be more grateful for that, for you doing that. And I love coming here every week and sharing anything I have learned to help you on your quest. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, if you are, I'm gonna give you a bonus tip. So here, I'm gonna just start off with the bonus tip here, and that is journaling. Now, I'm not gonna dive into it deep. If you wanna utilize journaling on your weight loss journey, which I did, and I, I strongly encourage and recommend that you do that, in the show notes, you'll find a link to download my free journaling guide, which is a, a guide that I wrote that can help jumpstart a journaling habit for you, giving you different techniques that you can use to help you along on your journey. And uh, also, if you enjoy the Chris Terrell podcast and you want to support the show directly, there's a link in the show notes where you can buy me a coffee that goes directly to help support the show and keep it going. All right, let's, let's go ahead and jump into it. Let's talk about 10 tactical tips that you can use that'll help you on your weight loss journey. These are not going to be in any particular order. I'm not going to say one is more effective than the other, but I'm just going to say, why don't you give them all a try and see if they work for you in your life? Now, this first one, though, let me see. Let me look over the list. Is there any that I'm going to say this with? Um, no, this is going to be the only one that I'm going to say, you need to do this. Like, if you're not doing this, you are shooting yourself in the foot. You're making your weight loss journey much harder than it needs to be. And tactical tip number one is this. Get yourself a kitchen scale and use it. Put it on your counter and use it. Your kitchen scale should live on your counter. If you need to, get multiple kitchen scales. I don't care. You need a kitchen scale. I have had multiple stories of this, what I'm about to tell you, where I have a client that is swearing up and down. They're accurate with what they're tracking. So let me tell you about it. At a time I had someone say, you know what? Why don't you go get your food that you've been serving up? It was a snack that the person was doing. And I say, show me how you do it. And they put their food into a liquid measuring cup, dry food. And I was like, mm, okay. And I'm just watching it play out. And they said, this is how much I'm serving myself. It's like, cool. Now I want you to take that serving that you just figured out in your liquid measuring cup and I want you to weigh it by grams. And the individual weighed it by grams. And you know what? The food was much more calories than the person thought because it was way more food than they realized. Weight is the most accurate way to measure your food. 
weight. Now, some people like to get all pedantic and over-exacting and be like, well, do I weigh the food pre or post-cooked? I don't really care. Pick one and stick with it. That, that's it. Just pick one and stick with it. The, the difference is not that big of a difference for it to really make a difference. In my case, I weighed all my meat pre-cooked because it was consistent. I didn't often want to pick the meat out of a dish, so I weighed it before I cooked it. Um, but that kitchen scale is vital vital to your success because you will be shocked at how often you are consuming more or even sometimes less calories than you think you do. Volume is fine. Measuring food by volume is fine, but it is not going to be the most accurate means of doing it. Let's talk about tip number two, which ties very closely to tip number one, and that is to use grams as much as possible. Now, when I first got started with my weight loss journey, much like probably like many of you, when I first started using a scale, I was always using ounces. That was all I'd ever used. Uh, But I discovered that grams was actually far more accurate. Um, And most of the calorie tracking apps in the database, they have a calories per gram of the food. Not all of them, but the, the majority of them. And what I liked about it is, is I like to serve myself what I wanted. Because serving sizes on the back of uh, back of food, that is a completely arbitrary made-up number. Just because it says a serving size, that does not make it a serving size. There's a difference between a serving and a portion. A portion is what you give yourself. Sometimes serving sizes are comically too big, and sometimes serving sizes are comically too small. As an example, let's say you're going to have corn dogs for dinner. Yeah, you can have corn dogs for dinner while you're losing weight. The serving size is one, maybe two corn dogs. Well, one corn dog, let's say it's that one, that's not a dinner. That's not a serving, all right? That's not a portion that you should have, all right? It's not going to be enough if you're going to have corn dogs for dinner. By the way, don't have corn dogs for dinner every day. But you've got to use your own judgment when deciding how much to give yourself. And I found that sometimes, let's take shredded cheese. I just wanted to have my dish, make it up, and then just sprinkle some shredded cheese on it and not really fuss about it. And so what I would do is put the dish on the plate, zero it out, or sorry, put the the plate on the scale, zero out the scale, and then sprinkle the cheese on my quesadilla that I think I want. And you know what? It is often far less than I thought it was in the case of shredded cheese. Something like Parmesan cheese. I would do that as well. Um, So use grams as much as possible. For some of your foods, you might need to write, like do the math to figure out the per gram calories. Like some of the dressings I like to get, they don't have it. And so what I do is I figure it out and in a Sharpie, I write it on the back of the bottle. That way I can just look at the bottle and I only had to do the math once. And then whenever I buy a new bottle, I just rewrite it on the back of the bottle. I don't want to commit it to memory, but I want it to be somewhere quick and easy for me to get to. Let's talk about tip number three that will help you on your weight loss journey, a tactical tip that you could do. And that is to become a better cook. Uh, Some people are just, you're just shit for cooking. You burn water. It's time to level up your skills. With YouTube, you can learn how to cook for free. This isn't something like you need to take a class. Sure, I'm not going to fault you if you want to take a class, but you need to learn how to cook better. And it's not just about learning how to cook to maximize the flavor. Because sometimes when you go for maximum flavor, you're also maxing calories. What you want to do is have the calories be at a reasonable amount, making sure you get enough protein and fiber and any other nutrients you need, but it should taste good. You know, it's funny. I used to think I didn't like uh, uh, vegetables. Turned out most people that were feeding me vegetables were terrible at cooking them and they had no business cooking vegetables. And some of this, I also realized it was just personal preference. Like I hate steamed broccoli. 
I hate it. I think it's disgusting and vile and revolting and I'm not going to eat it. I don't like it. It's gross. Roasted broccoli with a little bit of oil and some Parmesan pepper and lots of, or some Parmesan cheese, some black cracked pepper and some salt. I actually really like that. That's not that bad. That's good. Especially when you get the broccoli kind of toasty. That's good. Asparagus. I discovered you cook asparagus the right way. It's actually incredibly delicious. Did you know you can peel your asparagus and then the entire asparagus is good as the top part of the asparagus? Didn't know that. My sister showed me that one. So now I use a potato peeler and I just peel off the bottom of the asparagus. Adds a couple of steps, but it drastically enhances the flavor of it. Makes me far more likely to do it. Also, as a part of becoming a better cook, I had to learn how to season foods. Seasoning food made the food taste better. So it could take my lower calorie dishes, dialing up the flavor in a way that wasn't increasing calories by much, if at all, because a lot of seasonings have no calories, made a big, big improvement. So something that can help you is begin now, right now, learning how to be a better cook. I discovered on my journey, I started eating a ton of chicken and uh, discovered chicken breast is very easy to screw up. It is very, very easy to screw up chicken breast. Dry it out and make it just not an enjoyable piece of meat to eat if it's boneless, skinless chicken breast. However, I've also learned it is incredibly easy to just follow a few simple steps and you make chicken breast far easier and far more enjoyable to cook. And it's something as simple as just butterflying the chicken, cutting it into thin strips. Just that one thing right there will make it better. Then I started discovering that no, you don't need to cook chicken to 165 degrees you can cook it to 150 degrees and hold it there for a minute and that will achieve the same uh, sterilization i don't know it's perfectly safe to eat at that amount you can go to fda they'll lay all that out for you but i started discovering when you pull the chicken off the skillet at 165 degrees it carries over and it becomes dry leather it's just not fun to eat but if you pull it off at 150 degrees and let it rest and let it carry over to 155 it's super delicious it's super, super good. I also started discovering that I didn't need near as much cooking oil as I thought I did. I realized I needed just enough on a lot of dishes just to get the seasoning to stick. That's about all I needed. I also discovered that some foods have some natural fats in them already, like chicken thigh. There's usually a little fat in it already, and I don't need to add any oil to the pan because the fat that's in the chicken thigh will take care of it for me. But learn how to cook. Get on YouTube, read a book, and learn how to cook meals that are tasty, that are reasonable in calories, that are also providing you the macronutrients you need, specifically protein. All right, let's talk about tactical tip number four, and that is to use smaller plates and silverware. It sounds silly. It sounds silly. I eat my breakfast every morning with a child-sized spoon. Uh, why? Because it makes my breakfast last longer, and it makes it taste good. And so I, um, because I love my breakfast, I have oatmeal, a brown sugar, uh, maple oatmeal, uh, from Quaker. Uh, now I'm doing a packet of the high protein one and a packet of the regular one because I wanted to add protein into my diet. So I just swapped out one of my packets for a high protein one and that's actually great. And, um, but what I do is I have this little bowl that I eat it in, so it looks like it's a lot. But then I have this little spoon and I just basically don't, I tell myself, don't overfill the spoon. And. And in, for me, every day in the morning, that's my chance to mindfully eat breakfast to remind myself to eat slow. That's what I do with my breakfast. It's my, I always start the day off reminding myself to eat slow as like my calibration point for the rest of the day. I learned it while I was losing weight, still use it now as part of my maintenance strategy. Now it's totally subconscious and it's kind of like this fun little game that I play that nobody knows about except for all of you and you on the internet watching right now. 
But the smaller plates almost like tricks your brain and thinking like you have a lot of food. And the smaller silverware was really good because it slowed me down eating. One of my bigger problems I had from past me versus current me is uh, I ate food like I was never going to eat again. It's like I was last suppering everything if it was tasty. It's like I just couldn't get it in my mouth fast enough. It's like I've got the food in my mouth. I am already getting the next one on deck. So the moment I swallow, hell, sometimes I'll put more in my mouth before I've even swallowed the previous bite of food. I had to slow that down. Because I, what I was doing is I was eating so fast, I was never, by the time my body caught up and realized that it was full, I had had way too much food. And I really needed to slow that down. Smaller plates and smaller spoons, smaller forks really helped. Use chopsticks even if you need to. But slow your ass down. That's the big part of that tip. So if you're going to just, but smaller plates, smaller silverware. Big, big help. All right, let's talk about tip number Five, tip number five, when you're eating out, don't show up unprepared. So the tip is look up the menus ahead of time when you're eating out when possible. Obviously, you can't do that all the time, but you can do it a lot of the time. Now, this is where you have to be careful. Don't let your stinking thinking, your absolutist black and white perfectionism mind come into play here. Because some people like to do that. They're like, I'm a perfectionist. No, you're not. Um, I'm a black and white thinker. No, you're not. You just choose to be a perfectionist. You choose to be a black and white thinker. And you're not choosing to do it the other way. Because you could choose to do it the other way. And so what will happen is sometimes people go, well, I can't look up every menu of every time I go out to eat. Well, this place doesn't even have calories in it. What's the point of looking it up? So I guess I just won't do it ever. Come on. <laughs> That's broken thinking. That's not going to serve you. Do it when you can. You'll be surprised at how often looking it up on the menu ahead of time will be very helpful. But let's just, assi- let's just assume all things are equal for a moment. Let's just say every restaurant has the calories printed. Let's just say they do, all right? So we're going to just take that part off the table. Maybe you live in a state where restaurants have to publish calories, so you just know, all right? But the reason why I want you to look up ahead is not because of the calories. Yes, it's easy to look up the calories and see if it fits into your calorie budget, But the reason why is I don't want you to be making a decision when you are compromised. Because if you're doing this the right way, when you are showing up to that restaurant to eat, you should be in a hungry state. You should be experiencing natural, normal, healthy, biological hunger when you show up to a restaurant. You should be doing that every time you eat. Because if you're not hungry, you should not be eating. And if you're hungry, you should be eating. And so when you show up to a restaurant, you're going to be hungry. What do we all say about grocery stores? Don't go to the grocery store hungry. Why? Because that's how you buy things you don't need. So don't go to a restaurant when you have a tendency to make bad choices with food hungry without predetermining. So what I want you to do, if you know you're going to go out to eat later in the day, when you are of sound mind, as in other words, after you have eaten and you are not experiencing the sensation of hunger, I then want you to look up the menu and to decide ahead of time what you're going to get. Because what you can do is clearly go, okay, what would be the best that would help me achieve my goals that I would also enjoy? Because what will happen is sometimes when you go to the restaurant and you're really hungry and all the smells are there, and sometimes if you're going with people, now you have other people talking about what they're going to get, and then the FOMO might come in, and then you're seeing the plates being brought out from the kitchen, like, oh, that looks good. I really want that. And before you know it, you're picking what sounds the most tasty 
and not the food that's going to help you reach your goal that is also tasty. Your goal just goes out the window because you're making a decision in a compromised state. So look up the menus ahead of time. Going on vacation, pre-plan where you're going to go eat. It's not that crazy. It's not that weird. If it's weird to you, that's just because it's weird to you. That doesn't mean it is, in fact, weird universally to everyone. It just might be out of character for you. And you need to be doing things that are out of character. If you were doing things that were only in character, you wouldn't lose weight. Because your character in the past created weight gain, just like mine did. Which is why I had to do a lot of things out of character for the better part of three years. I had to do that. And you're going to have to do that too. And one of those might be predetermining what you're going to eat at a restaurant before you get there. Even on date night. Even on anniversary night. Even on that company uh, dinner. And just because your work is paying for it, that doesn't mean you have to get the most expensive, delicious, super high calorie dinner. That doesn't mean you have to get dessert just because work is paying for it. Order like a regular person at all times. When you're losing weight... You've got to start counteracting the desire to make food the most important thing in your life. Now, now it's tip number five. Before I move on to tip number six, I would like to take a moment and invite you to come join my free Facebook group. You can join that by going to christerrellcoaching.com, scrolling down, and finding option two. There'll be a direct link that'll take you to it. We've got, we're knocking on the door of 4,000 members in that group. It is a fantastic community, people that are wonderfully supportive. They have the same culture and mindset about weight loss. They're all podcast listeners. I'd love to have you come be a part of that. You can also find a direct link to it in the show notes of this podcast if you'd like as well totally free. I go live there every Monday morning to kick off the week. It's a great way to get some more content to keep your mind focused and in the right place. So I want to invite you to come over and join that. All right, tip number six. Tip number six. Now, this is going to be a hard one for a lot of you, and this is one I had to start practicing, and it's one I still practice to this day because this helps me in so much more than losing weight, so much more than losing weight. And the tip is this, I want you to practice saying no when you could say yes. One of my biggest problems on why I kept gaining weight is I sucked at telling myself no and then actually listening. I was terrible at it. I would talk myself out of a no every time. If I pulled up to a, if I pulled up to a fast food joint and I couldn't decide between the spicy and the regular chicken sandwich, I just had both. If I wanted dessert after dinner, I just had it. If I wanted to go out and have a gargantuan dinner, even though I just had a gargantuan lunch, I just said yes. And if I wanted to go to the movies after and had popcorn, I said yes. And while I'm standing there, if I look over and I see the the uh, peanut M and M's, I'd be like. Yes, I'd get those. If I wanted to get a refill on my popcorn, I said yes. If I wanted to have a shit ton of that fake butter oil all over my popcorn, I did. I mean, y'all, I was so bad. I literally would pour out half the popcorn. I'm not kidding. I'd get a large popcorn so I could pour out half of it, and then I could coat every kernel in the butter oil. So I could like just really shake the thing up and get it totally coated. And I would make sure to finish it before the movie started because I always got there for the previews. And I would go refill it so I'd have a full one for the movie. And it would not be weird for me to go back and refill it halfway through the movie. And you might think, well, that's not so bad. You should be able to do that every now and then. I went to the movie every Thursday 
Every Thursday, I was at the movie theaters. I love movies. I loved going to the theater. I might do this twice a week, especially during the summer months where you have blockbuster movies. I might go Thursday and again on the weekend, and I would do that. I just didn't ever tell myself no. If I wanted it, I had it. I said yes at all times. If somebody offered me food, if I wanted it, I said yes. I had to say no. And what would happen is I didn't want to say no when I could say yes. So I would box myself into these metaphorical corners so I had no choice but to say no. You know, oh, I have a calorie count. I can't, I can't have it, um, uh, you know, because my calories don't allow for it. Oh, I can't have it. I'm on a diet. I'm basically saying, I want to say yes, but I can't say yes, so I got to say no. I'm forced to say no against my will. That was not helping me. I needed to learn how to say no without somebody exerting pressure on me to do so, even if that somebody was me. I had to learn how to say no when I could say yes, and I had to learn how to say no without invoking the weight loss card. Because if the only reason I was saying no was because I was losing weight, You know what would have happened once I decided to stop losing weight? The same thing that happened every time. I'd go back to saying yes all the time and I'd gain all my weight back. This was a root cause problem that I needed to address was my inability to say no when I could say yes. And so that would be my next tip. Practice that. Tip number seven. Practice. Oh, sorry. I get ahead. Make the process of working out fun. Make the process of working out fun. Now, I mean, I said the process word there on purpose. I don't mean working out. Look, sometimes a workout just sucks because sometimes a workout is supposed to suck. And some of you are just too comfortable being comfortable and you're so uncomfortable being uncomfortable that you need to go do some uncomfortable workouts so you can become comfortable with being uncomfortable. But that doesn't mean the whole process has to not be fun. Let me talk about my journey, how I made the process of going to the gym fun during the week. First thing I did, no rushing. I realized rushing to work out made it not fun. I wanted to take my time. So what I love to do is find music that I enjoy and I'd pull up to the park, I'd pull up to the gym and I usually would sit in the parking lot and I'd pull out my phone and I would just piddle. I might scroll on TikTok for a little bit as I do posts on TikTok and I started on my journey. I might post stories about what I'm going through at the time or thoughts that I have. You can actually go to my TikTok now and scroll to the past and see some of those videos of me talking about going to the gym and the struggle that I had getting myself there. I might make that a part of it. If you go to my old TikTok, for those of you that even know about that one, before I started doing weight loss posting, I might occasionally post about that. You'll see some of them. I'm in workout clothes, and if you look in the background, you'll see the gym. Because I would just piddle in my car for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes. Nobody's going to bother me. That was really nice to have that 10, 15 minutes sitting in the gym parking lot piddling on my phone. I still to this day do that. I will go to the gym and then sit in the parking lot for 15 minutes and just piddle. And then I'll just saunter into the gym. I might sit there and be like, you know what, I'm going to go in. But first, I'm going to just find a dope-ass song. Just something that just really hits just right. That totally vibes with my current mood or the mood that I want to be in. And I invested in nice headphones because I wanted to make listening to music at the gym really enjoyable. And so I got some really comfortable, nice ones. And I'd get that song going and I'd walk in and I'd scan my card. I always like to change at the gym because, again, I wanted it to be slow. So I'd go and I would change into my workout attire. Had a nice bag that I really enjoyed having. I had clothes. I went and invested and bought nice workout clothes that were comfortable to work out in that I felt confident and powerful inside of. And I'd wear them. And I'd go out and I'd do my workout, taking my time. Wasn't in a hurry. 
The goal wasn't to get in and get out. The goal was to work on my mind and just keep my body moving and do a little exercise while I was there. The exercise, honestly, was secondary to everything else. And then I would just sit there and just enjoy myself with my phone, listening to a great book, listening to great music, writing something down in my notes. Sometimes I'll even bring my journal with me to the gym and I'll just sit there on a machine and journal in between sets. I've done that a lot. It became my me time to recharge and to reinvigorate myself. It was so helpful. And then I would make my way back to the locker room, be sure to give myself a pep talk, tell myself good job in the mirror, pack up my stuff, and then I'd make my way home, listening to great music all the way home. I still do it. The process of working out had to become fun and enjoyable. Every part from the getting there to the getting home. Every single part. That doesn't mean the workout itself was fun. Sometimes the workout itself was kind of brutal. But that'll be a topic for another day. Tip number eight. Don't freeze meat. Then you have to cook it. This is one I did. I don't know. This may not work for everybody, but this 100% worked for me. I would go to the store. I would buy the chicken. Or actually, no. We'll do the one I did the most. Uh, the, one of my favorite ways to do this. I would go buy salmon. I would go buy a pound of uh, uh uh, salmon with the skin on it still. I liked it that way. Uh, it was a good source of omega-3s. It was a good source of fats and it was super delicious and it was a great source of protein, very filling. And so what I would do is I would cook half of it and then I would leave it in the fridge and I know I have to cook the other half of the next day or two or it's going to go bad and salmon's not cheap. I ain't letting salmon go bad and have to throw it away. Mm-mm. No ma'am, no sir, ain't doing that. And it really worked and I would do it twice a week. I would have salmon often on Mondays or Wednesdays or Wednesdays and Fridays and I would do it for lunch. And it was so good, so good. I learned how to do it in the air fryer because remember, see tip earlier, become a better cook. I realized I need to learn how to cook salmon. I didn't know how to cook salmon before I started my journey. Now I make an incredibly delicious salmon because I spent a year practicing, like twice a week. You get pretty good at it when you keep doing it over and over again. When I basically say, I'm going to keep eating it, but to make sure I keep eating it, I'm going to learn how to cook it better. But I found if I didn't freeze it, I was definitely going to use it. So I tried not to freeze meat whenever I could. And I just would force myself to eat it. And there were many times, many times, I'd come home and I'd open the fr fridge to look at what I wanted to eat. And I'm like, damn it. Guess I'm eating chicken again tonight because I'm not letting that chicken breast go bad because I'd be a waste. Because I don't like wasting food. I'm willing to waste food, but I don't like wasting food. So I would go ahead and make that. So let's, let's, I'm going to let this one lead into tip number nine, tip number nine, a very important tip that ties in with that one before I started building my meals around the protein instead of building my meals around the carbs and fats. Old me built my meals around carbs and fats. What pasta do I want? What kind of sauce? What kind of sauce do I want? Usually it'd be a cheese sauce, right? Now, I'd go get fettuccine Alfredo. The protein was an afterthought. Oh, I guess I got to add some protein to this dish. Shit. Um, I guess I can add some chicken to it. All right. The protein, a lean protein would be the star of the entree. And I would have to decide what do I want to pair with that? That was a big mentality shifter. It's one I've kept to this day, though, is I, I build around a protein source. Now, in your case, this might be ch challenging because you may have convinced yourself that you don't like protein, that you don't know where to get it in, when you just haven't looked and tried. So 
make every meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, when you're losing weight, I want to challenge you. If you've struggled to get protein in, take a week and make breakfast, lunch, and dinner center every meal around getting protein in. Every single one of them. Make the protein be the star of the show. It was funny. When I started doing that, my breakfast totally changed. When I was losing weight, breakfast had to have protein in it. Now I'll do a carb-centric breakfast if I'd like, but that's because of my running um, and I need carbs. But when I was losing weight, I needed protein more than I needed carbs. So my breakfast would get prioritized with protein. And uh, there was a lot of things I just didn't make as much anymore. Because once I had factored in all the calories to the protein, and I looked at how many calories I had left, I didn't have enough left for carbs and fats. I had to pick one. And I could either have fat to go with the protein, or I could have carbs to go with the protein, or a teeny bit of both. And let me tell you, sometimes I went with the fats. Sometimes my protein had cheese added to it. But I had to give up some carbs to make that work. Sometimes I decided I wanted carbs. Maybe I wanted a sandwich. I wanted a breakfast sandwich, so I'm adding carbs to it. Well, I had to hold off on the cheese because I didn't have the calories to devote to the fats because I had already used up most of my calories for the protein. But I put the big rocks first, an old Stephen Covey principle. Plan the big things first, and protein would be the big things. The next thing I would do, uh, tip number 10, is find your preferred way of creating a calorie deficit. Every single diet, and I mean every single diet, works off of calories in, calories out. Every single one. There is no exception. There is no exception. They are all just a tricksy different way of placing you in a calorie deficit. That's it. So keto, guess what? Low calorie. Mediterranean, paleo, guess what? Low calorie. You want to do a shakes diet? Guess how that works? Low calorie. You want to do, go vegan? Guess what? Or raw vegan? You know why that one's going to work? Low calorie. You're in a calorie deficit. It is remarkably hard to eat at a caloric surplus when you are only eating fats and proteins. It's very difficult to do that because the fats and the pro, especially the protein is incredibly satiating. It holds you over. So you have a thousand different ways that you can pick to create your calorie deficit. Whatever you want to do. It doesn't really matter. Personally, what I did is I decided I wanted to still have everything. I didn't want to give anything up because I tried giving up things before. And you know how many times that worked? Zero times. Never worked once. You know what I mean by never worked? No, sure. I lost lots of weight. I lost tons of weight by giving up foods. The reason why I say it worked zero times is because I always gained the weight back. So it didn't work. If I gained the weight back, my solution didn't work. I didn't solve the problem. I put a Band-Aid on a problem. I lost weight and then gained it back. I didn't fix anything. I fixed it when I lose it and keep it off. And I realized my weight loss needed to help me be successful with that. And if I cut out a whole bunch of foods and I spend six months or a year not eating certain foods, guess what happens when I bring those foods back? I don't have a clue how to eat them. I don't know how to clue how to moderate myself. I don't know how to clue how these foods interact with my body. I don't know how these foods make me full and these ones don't. I don't know how these certain things make me crave foods and which ones don't because I didn't eat them for a year. And then when I bring them back, I only know how to eat them the way I ate them before. And the way I ate them before resulted in me gaining weight. So in my case, I decided I'm going to still eat everything. Nothing is off limits. Nothing is going to be deemed bad and can't have it because I tried that and didn't work. And so instead, what I'm going to do is just eat less of everything. That's it. Just less of everything. That's how I created my calorie deficit. I later realized that that was really challenging. And so what I had to start doing is prioritizing 
protein, and fiber. I realize if I don't prioritize protein and fiber, this whole, all this becomes very difficult because I kept getting really hungry. You know, yeah, you can have pizza and lose weight eating pizza and fast food and junk food. The problem is that food isn't very satiating. It doesn't hold you over. So I'm hungry until eventually the hunger catches up with me and I go all last supper on something like an entire pizza. And now I'm no longer in a calorie deficit. In fact, probably going into a surplus and I've caught a case of the fuckets because I don't want to go back to taking things away from myself. So I discovered if I get my protein in, and then I just say, I can do whatever I want with the leftover calories. Like I just get my protein in however I want to slice and dice the rest of the calories. Doesn't matter protein or if I want fats, have fats. I want carbs, have carbs. Doesn't really matter, but get the protein in. I discovered if I don't get my protein in, this all becomes harder, so much harder. And there's only one person to blame when that happens. And it's the guy in the mirror. So you want to take a tip that I learned from my weight loss journey, find your preferred way of creating your weight loss or creating your deficit. My advice is going to be get your protein in. If you want to do it just like me, get your protein in and then do whatever you damn well please with the rest of your calories. I really don't care. Have whatever you want, but don't have whatever you want and not get your protein in and then complain that you're not losing weight and say that you've tried everything when you're not actually doing everything, when you're doing it the hard way. If you set out to lose weight the hard way and it doesn't work, the only person you have to blame is you. That's it. You're the only person that can be blamed when you are choosing to lose weight the hard way and saying, I just don't like protein very much, so I'm not going to eat it. That's you choosing to do it the hard way. You can lose weight and not get protein in. You can. But just because you can doesn't mean you should. I can wear shoes without socks. But that doesn't mean I'm going to. That just sounds uncomfortable and unpleasant. Why would I do that? I'm going to wear socks. All right. Soapbox. I'm going to hop off that soapbox now. Uh, all right. I'm going to recap the 10. But before I do recap the 10, I would like to invite you. If you are looking to get that next level support, I have a membership. I call it the Guild of Champions. It is a bunch of people that are just like me, just like you, that are all trying to lose weight and achieve the body and life of their dreams. I do live coaching sessions there multiple times a week. We do live meet and greets. I just did my first what I call open office hours where I just go live uh, in the community and you can just show up and say, hey, and we can just chat. You have questions, you want to work through something, you just show up, we talk about it. It's awesome. We've got challenges uh, that we're doing. We're going to be doing some smaller things. We got the newsletter that just came out today. We got a members only podcast, which we're going to be adding more features to that. And I'm super excited about basically you can get completely immersed in this world all for $40 a month. It's base. I mean, it's such a great deal. And I would love to have you come be a part of it. This is the community I wished I had on my weight loss journey, because yes, this journey is one that you have to do pretty much by yourself. Like it's between you and you when you're making all these little decisions throughout your day, week in, week out. However, that doesn't mean you have to be alone. That doesn't mean you have to be unsupported. You can have an entire group of people behind you, cheering you on, supporting you, and you can have the entire community there for you to access whatever information you need. I have the knowledge repository, which is all of my content and it is searchable. So you can go in there. Let's say you're struggling with calorie tracking and you're like, I want to know how to compute my calories. You can go into the search box and type in how to compute calories and it'll pull up every lesson where I have that's guiding you through how to compute your calories. And then you're like, great. Now that I have that, I want to learn how to track calories. You can go to my data driven weight loss course that you'll have access to and I'll walk you through the entire process from start to finish. I'll literally guide you through how to compute your calories, how to create your calorie budget for the week, 
how to make the choices on how, on what to eat and when and guide you through that. And you might be thinking, great, but I want to learn how to intuitively eat. Well, I've got habit-based weight loss where you can learn how to intuitively eat in a way that you can sustain for the rest of your life. And this is not just for people at the beginning of the weight loss journey. It is for people in the beginning, middle, end, and even afterwards because I want to help you attain and keep the body of your dreams while also living the life of your dreams. All right, let's recap the 10. Then we're going to go ahead and wrap up the podcast here. So number one, get a kitchen scale and then use it. Number two, use grams as much as you can. Number three, become a better cook. Number four, use smaller plates and utensils. Number five, look at menus ahead of time when eating out. Number six, practice saying no when you can say yes. Number seven, make the process of working out fun. Number eight, don't freeze meat so you have no choice but to cook it. Number nine, build meals around the protein instead of building meals around the carbs or fats. And last but not least, number 10, find your preferred way to create your calorie deficit and do it that way. And if you don't like it, change it up and do a different way. The best one is the one that you'll do and stick with. Have a great rest of your week. I'd love to see you on Monday on the live stream in my Facebook group. Again, you can find a link to that in the show notes or by going to christerrellcoaching.com. If you're interested in the guild, you can go to christerrellcoaching.com. Uh, scroll down, click on option three. It'll take you to a video that'll tell you all about it. You can learn all the details that come along with that. Links to everything are also in my show notes. Go crush it this week. Go find something hard you can do and then go do it. I'll see you next week on the Chris Terrell Podcast. Have a great week. Thank you.